Hey everyone, you are listening to the Guitar Speak podcast. My name is Matt Wakeling and thank you so much for joining me for episode number 150. Now today I am joined by Michael Schenker who is one of the most influential rock guitarists on the planet with players such as John Petrucci, Kirk Hammett and Randy Rhodes amongst others citing the German-born guitarist as a huge inspiration. Schenker rose to fame during his uh, time with the Scorpions and UFO in the 70s and 80s. And whilst a host of offers from artists such as Aerosmith and Ozzy Osbourne were extended, Schenker has always been happiest following his own muse. Michael Schenker joins us to reflect on 50 years of high-octane rock and a new album, Immortal, that celebrates this milestone. i got to tell you, this album absolutely rips. Schenker's lost none of the fire in his playing at all. We also discuss his approach to guitar tracking, working with Jim Marshall on an unfinished project which Schenker believes led to the JCM 800 series, the history of his legendary Cocteau tone, and much more. Today's episode is brought to you by Fretboard Biology, the online guitar college created by Joe Elliott, the ex-head of guitar at the Guitar Institute of Technology and also the McNally Smith Music College. Joe's a good friend of the show and here he will tell us a little bit more about fretboard biology. You're tired of wading through hundreds of random guitar videos and just want to become a better player. Fretboard biology is your answer. Fretboard biology is a self-paced college level program that'll give you the right instruction in the right amounts and in the right order. You'll learn the same information I taught to thousands of other guitar players over 30 years of teaching in top music colleges. If you want to make real progress with your guitar playing, then sign up for a free seven-day trial at fretboardbiology.com. I was very honored to be one of the beta testers of this course, and I can tell you and endorse it uh, from my perspective as a music educator that it's a very well-organized, systematic approach to improving and building your guitar knowledge and skills. There are links in our show notes to check out Fretboard Biology. All right, let's jump over to my interview with the legendary Michael Schenker. Congratulations on the new album, Immortal, coming out this month. Not only a great new record, but also celebrating 50 years of your career as a musician. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's... it's. Uh, I mean, I'm so pleased with the result that uh, it feels like a gift from heaven, you know. Um, uh, 50 years staying true to myself, um, you know, being the kid in the sandbox, um, just having fun, play and discover, um, you know, being fascinated with uh, putting three notes together, creating goose pimples, and, and, you know, I'm not, I've never been competing with anybody or, or um, chased any fame or anything, you know. Uh, I, I, I was just always just happy you know, being an artist and, and doing what I'm doing, um, you know, and, and, and early life, early in life, I, I found, um, you, you know, like starting around 15 years old, um, you know, to be Michael Schenker, uh, I just realized that, uh, it is important. It was important for me, for my vision, you know, to, to, to uh, express, you know, to do, 
pure self-expression. And, and I found the inner spring, the infinite inner spring of creativity that is actually in, in, in each one of us. Um, but we just have to make a choice to go there rather than taking from the trend that is already there, which most people do. And, uh, you know, to take a piece of the pie and, uh, um, they know it works. It, it gives them fame and, and et cetera, et cetera, uh, based on the commercial, um, you know, stereotype of, of album, uh, uh, buyers, et cetera. And, but, but I was never, you know, I mean, that's why I never joined Ozzy Osbourne or, you know, I mean, if I would have stayed with UFO, it would have been one of the biggest bands in the world. But, you know, in my middle years, I started to, um, you know, to, to, to having the urge to, to be Michael Schenker and, and experiment with music, which I could have never done with Ozzy Osbourne or Deep Purple or Phil Leonard, Ian Hunter, Motorhead, or whoever asked me to join them. So I had to decline. I, I actually love Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's just like, um, you know, Zeppelin, uh, Deep Purple, and, 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 and like Shabbos, you know, it, it, it's just, it's, it's, it's what inspired me, you know, to actually uh, understanding what can be done, and and so that's how I went into myself, and and uh, and I wanted to, you know, to to express to the people uh, in the world um, how I see it, and, and inject uh, freshness to a tar- to to a trend. That if if everybody just keeps taking from the trend. Um, it, 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 it will die very quickly. Um, you know, like, uh, like, uh, a, 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 a ditch, you know, that, I mean, if there's no fresh water coming in, um, it, it just dies, you know, and, 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 you know, the musicians from the eighties who copied me, uh, you know, they, they, they know, um, where I'm going and, 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 and they take bits and pieces from me, and they always have done uh, to the point, you know, in the eighties that my guitar playing was overexposed with all these uh, guitarists that liked what I did. That um, by the time I was playing it, 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 everybody heard it already, you know. But I'm always a step ahead because I go to the inner spring. Um, where you can always, you know, find a new color that you can inject into the world, into the trend um, that keeps the trend alive that much longer. And so, you know, I'm very happy that um, I never got tempted, you know, to 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 be with Ozzy or. You know, I was a little bit tempted, uh, but <laughs> but you know, it, it was. Uh, I I always remembered. Hey, Michael, why did you leave UFO? Why did you, you know, not stay with the Scorpions, etc. And 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 it was. You know, I, I needed to go my own way, uh, follow my own vision, and not chasing something that I wasn't interested in, which most people do. 
they look for fame, money, and 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 success, etc., etc. But you know, I'm the kid in the sandbox. I play and discover, and I'm happy at that place. And after 50 years, I, I you know, I, I can't believe with an album um, ending up the way it did uh, because I I didn't plan it. It, it all happened by itself. It, it is un- unbelievable. That's fantastic. It is a great record, and I love how you've brought together uh, a lot of the musicians you've worked with over the years to help you celebrate the milestone as well. That's That must be a lot of fun. Absolutely. I mean, especially in the search of the peace of mind, I ended up with the Michael Fest singers, you know, which was uh, remarkable because, you know, uh, in search of the peace of mind is a very important song because it was the very first, uh, you know, I was 15 years old. It was my first uh, musical composition in search of the peace of mind, um, which actually Michael Frost, my co-producer, he sent me the original credits, and it had Michael Schenker lyrics, Rudolf Schenker lyrics. We had zero knowledge of English. How could we have written any lyrics? <laughs> it was a complete, a complete misinformation. We should have said Michael Schenker music and. And whoever did the lyrics, you know, but um, also in search of the peace of mind, there is a lead break in there that I did when I was 15 that I would n- never change a note. Um, it, it, it's so perfect. I don't know where it came from. I mean, you can hear on Lonesome Crow, Scorpion's album, that I'm developing. I'm an amateur and, and you know, throughout the years with UFO, I went step by step. Uh, developing as a as a guitarist, and uh, um, it, it was just—it's it, a very strange, you know, how this um, solo. I, I, I would never change a note, uh, you know, just like "Stairway to Heaven" or the theme of the imaginary western. It happens sometimes that something is just coming out of the blue that. That you know never needs to be changed, and and in search of the peace of mind is also the theme of my life. You know, looking for contentment and freedom and peace and and so on. And and you know, and it was the first piece of music that I wrote in my mother's kitchen all by myself. There was nobody there, so I, I mean. You know, finding out uh, credits like 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 that is, is uh, a bit disturbing. But uh, the, the the main thing is that the in search of the peace of mind became, you know, the a, 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 because it was the first note I ever recorded. You know, that's how. Um, you know, that's why we have a 50th anniversary. It started in 1970. Um, and, and, uh, you know, and I was looking for, I was, I, I realized in 79, I mean, sorry, in, in 20, 20, um, um, 2019, um, that, uh, the 50th anniversary was coming up and, uh, and I was actually planning to, to, to celebrate um, with uh, musicians, fans, and friends, and but it was dragging on, and and then I at some point, and it's really hard to get 
you know, to organize something like that, you know, with musicians from all over the world. And, and, uh, at some point I gave up and then my agent told me, but Michael, he, the album was released in 72. And so I said, ah, so I have two years to, <laughs> to get this together. So I had hope, hope again, but this time I, I said to myself, let's just put together a compact band, you know, and, and, uh, you know, make it simple and celebrate the 50th anniversary with the current Michael Schenker lineup. And and so um, Ronnie Romero, he was supposed to sing, uh, you know, all 10 songs, actually 11, uh, because we have a, a bonus track uh, that will come out later as a as a um, as a bonus. And uh, but but the thing is with the virus, you know, it it kind of it changed everything. You know, I mean, I started writing uh, before I knew about the virus, and uh, you know, when I came back from the from the cruise, the seventy thousand tons of metal, and uh, I spent four days in Miami in a hotel. I started writing, and then I went to the UK, and I carried on, and I was ready, and I wanted to leave to go to the studio and. In, in Germany to Michael Foss, co-producer. And then I saw on TV that there was that virus. And, uh, I really, and, and, and I found out that I couldn't go to Germany anymore, my usual route. I go by car and, uh, via Eurotunnel and, and, and France, Belgium, Holland, etc. But I couldn't do it this time. So, yeah, yeah. We had to we had to find a new route, and and I ended up uh, going via Harwich uh, on the boat, um, you know, seven hours uh, overnight sleeping, and then you know drive to 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 the recording studio in Germany, and uh, I I actually had to do this four times, and every time I came back, I had to go on fourteen days quarantine with the exception of one time. And uh, if you total the three times quarantine, 14 days each time, it's 42 days quarantine. I mean, wow. unbelievable. And, and, you know, but, but I had to do it because if I hadn't done this, um, the album would have never happened. And, and so there was another, you know, obstacle that was coming up um, with the virus. And, but the virus situation um, changed everything. You know, it, it, it kind of, from the compact band, I mean, from the original idea, celebrating with uh, music, uh, friends and fans, uh, going to the idea of putting together a compact band, I ended up the way I actually wanted it in the first place, but this time I didn't have to do anything. It was all of a sudden, it was like, you know, it it, it, it started when I, you know, when I had put all my musical compositions down in the studio and asking Ronnie, are you ready to sing? Uh, and he said, sorry, Michael, I can't. I don't want to go on 14 days quarantine. And we said like, yeah, don't worry, we, 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 we look for, for, for a resolution and, and we call you back. 
And uh, Amy, my partner, who's a bass player and uh, has a very good taste and is a music consumer, I, I haven't been listening to music for 50 years. I don't know what's out there. So I asked her, you know, like, what is that available right now? Do you have any ideas? She, she said, Ralph Shippers. And uh, so I said to Michael Foss, um, what do you think of Ralph? He said, like, absolutely. The next day they were recording. Unbelievable. And 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 then the, we even got another song out of him. And then we got a phone call. Michael got a phone call from Brian Titchy, one of the best drummers in the world. You know, he was with Ozzy and Whitesnake, and, yes. and he's a Michael Schenker fan. Yeah, and he's a fan. And and, and he offered. He, he said, like, I I I heard about the 50th anniversary of Michael. So I want to I want to make a contribution. I offer six uh, drum trucks. I said, what? I mean, what is this? Where is this coming from? And then he called back Michael Foss and said, uh, a, buddy, a buddy of mine, a keyboard player, uh, Derek Seranian, um, he's also a fan. He wants to make a contribution. And I said to Michael Foss, well, what are we going to do? As far as I know, he's a heavy-duty keyboard player. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I actually... Put all my my guitars down myself this time. I wanted to keep because it's a Michael Schenker fiftieth uh, uh, anniversary, and I wanted to keep it guitar oriented. And I asked Steve, man, uh, you know, just to put some sprinkles on the keyboard, just to keep a little bit of, you know, um, little touches here and there. And uh, so I said, we already got Steve. What are we going to do with uh, Derek Sheridan? And he said, well, why don't you have a a, a keyboard guitar jam? I said, what? <laughs> I, I've never done anything like that before. He said, well, maybe it's a good idea to do it for the first time. I mean, it's it's a 50th anniversary. It would be great to have something new, fresh, you know, for the fans to hear something we have never done before. And and I said, like, you mean like Richie Blackmore and John Lord? He said, yeah, maybe something like that. Yeah, yeah. I said, yeah. And I said to him, you know what? You're right, you know, and I actually got really excited. So by having Ralph and Brian Titchy and Derek, by the time I heard the result, I was blown away, uh, and it became Drill to Kill. And and yeah, and I track, I yeah. didn't I I I didn't know that a voice like Ralph actually existed, and <laughs> and it, I was absolutely amazed. And and so and and. And, and the drums and the keyboards, you know, it, how it ended up, it, it, it was unbelievable. I mean, it, it was beyond my belief. All right, I hope you're enjoying the conversation with Michael Schenker. Stick around. We're about to talk guitars, amps and wah pedals. In the meantime, I want to remind you that this episode is brought to you by Fretboard Biology. The Knowledge Without the College is a fantastic online teaching program put together by Joe Elliott, who really draws on years of experience. He headed up guitar at the legendary Guitar Institute of Technology in Los Angeles for many years and also the McNally Smith Music College. And uh, he really knows his stuff. Joe's been on the show a couple of times. 
and we've built up a good relationship. So I was really happy to take Fretboard Biology on as a sponsor. I've been a beta tester of the course and that gave me such a great behind the scenes look at how the course is put together. So that's why I'm so happy to endorse it and so happy to have these guys as sponsors of the show. All right, check out the links in the show notes for Fretboard Biology and let's jump back into our conversation with Michael Schenker. Let's talk about the guitars, because the guitar parts on the record are so powerful and vibrant. Um, they sound fantastic. What's, what's your process for recording the guitar parts? Oh, yeah, usually, well, usually I go, you know, I go to the, I, I, I decided this time, I mean, in the, in the past, I had, sometimes I had 10 guitars or 15 guitars in the studio, <laughs> and, uh, you know, but, but, uh, you know, this time I, I decided I wanted to only use one guitar, which is my rock bottom guitar, which is the first guitar I got from Dean in 2004, I think, and they did for me especially. And, uh, I, I, I used that guitar for rock bottom, you know, and, and, and rock bottom is a song which is very uh, uh, adventurous, you know, in the middle with all the solos and, and I'll go on an adventure doing something you haven't heard on Strangers in the Night. I always, you know, go to this point when I start improvising and, uh, and, and people have never heard it. I have never heard it. So I, I kind of experiment. Sometimes it goes very well. Sometimes it doesn't go that well, but, but that is what you do if you go on an adventure. You don't know what, how, you know, how the how the outcome is going to be. And so, you know, but I used that guitar for so much guitar playing on rock bottom. I decided this time I want to use this guitar only. Okay. And yeah. so, yeah. And, and so I played everything with one guitar. Great. Great. It sounds massive. It sounds really big. What, what, um, what, what amps are you using to, to pull your, your signature tone, which is so recognizable? Oh, of course. I mean, I'm using, you know, I, I had a, a 50 watt Marshall when I joined a year ago, which was, uh, you know, I, I used for the, for the whole year of our development, uh, until Strangers in the Night. And then, uh, even with MSG and then in 83, that amplifier broke down and we put it to the, uh, got it to the repair shop. And when I got the amplifier back, everything, all the pieces, <laughs> my, my amplifier was basically stolen and I got something different. Uh, it, 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 it was unusable, you know, so people knew that this was my, my UFO amplifier and they took all the components out and replaced it with some other sh stuff that was not usable. And so I had to look for a new amplifier and, uh, you know, I went through so many amplifiers and eventually I bumped into the 800 JCN and uh, okay. I went like, wow, this sounds like me. And somebody in New York actually told me, Michael, did you know that you actually designed this amplifier? I said, you must be joking. I mean, what? Because <laughs> then, I, then I said to him, that makes sense because I went to the Marshall. Jim Marshall asked me to come to the factory and, and, and do a Michael Schenker uh, amplifier, design one. And, uh, 
but we never completed it. So the papers, you know, the diagrams or whatever, they must have been flying around somewhere. Uh, and eventually they discovered it um, after many years because the amplifier actually was never built until early 90s or so. And uh, it was just unbelievable that uh, I actually chose an amplifier by going through so many amplifiers that was actually an amplifier I designed. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> it's definitely got that thick mid, mid-range kind of tone. Um, I'm hearing the, the cocked wah-wah pedal on Night of the Dead. I know you don't use that sound all the time, but that cocked wah, that's a classic kind of UFO sound that you brought back. Yeah, I used, you know, I discovered the wah-wah pedal um, you know, when I was 15 years old and uh, uh, I, 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 I heard Mick Watson play it and I was very impressed by the sound uh, of the Wawa. It was a new thing and, uh, and, and I, I wanted to get one. So I got one and uh, I played it and I discovered that there was a particular area, you know, when you uh, push down the, the paddle, you get to a tone that was very, very, I was very uh, enchanted by. And I wanted to find a way how I could get that tone consistently by just pushing down the pedal to the bottom and, and get that sound immediately. So I, I'm not a technician, and I, I'm pretty inventive, but I opened up the lava pedal at 15 years old, and and uh, I I saw that it was so simple. It was just a wheel, um, you know, and I thought, like, okay, if I put, if I find the sound that I like and put it in a position where I can just press down to the button after I clicked it and and that sound would come available immediately. And so that's how it started. But then, because um, you know, I actually was always wondering, actually all the water pedals, they started dying down because the components and stuff like that from the original uh, Lava pedals, which were fantastic, they, they all kind of, uh, you know, they, they got worn out and, and people didn't build them anymore. So the next Lava pedals, they actually didn't sound that good anymore. And, and, and including because, you know, one of the reasons why I picked that 800 JCM that I actually designed was because that Wawa sound was somehow already in there because it was always part of my imagination as a as what I wanted to have as a tone. And and so using a Wawa pedal on top of that, it made everything even thinner. And so eventually I realized, Michael, you're going down the drain. <laughs> this it, it sounds cheaper and cheaper and thinner and thinner. And, and you can actually hear it on some records. And I decided eventually um, I don't actually need a rubber pedal, you know, until um, 
uh, the uh, Dunlop uh, uh, wallpaper came out um, with, with so much acute, I mean, such a fantastic wallpaper, you, you can make up for lost tones. And, and, and so, well, I'm so grateful for that paddle. I've used it, I mean, since I discovered it for so many years now. And, uh, and so, but, you know, that's how I, uh, uh, in general, um, changed from that, from that, um, sound that I had uh, on the water paddle with UFO, um, to, to not using it anymore because it was getting worse and worse and, uh, but, uh, made up for it some other way. And, and, uh, you know, but my whole life is about development anyway, always dealing with circumstances. Everything is based on circumstances, what I do. And I always have to figure out how to deal with something that doesn't work anymore. I always find a solution. And so, you know, and, and, and Michael Schenker, 50 years, it, it's, it's all about development. Well, Michael, thank you so much for your time and congratulations on both the record and, and your career. And, um, yeah, thank you for being such a wonderful influence on uh, many, many generations of musicians. Thank you so much for the interview. And keep rocking, keep on rocking. All right, there you go, my conversation with Michael Schenker. Man, 50 years and he is still rocking as hard as ever. As I mentioned at the start of the show, the album Immortal is just wall-to-wall with just wailing guitars, just trademark Schenker ripping. That album's out now on Nuclear Blast Records, so check that out. My thanks also go to Fretboard Biology, um, My thanks also to Fretboard Biology, who are bringing today's episode to us. There are links in the show notes all about the Fretboard Biology course. Please check that out. All right, thanks for joining me today. Episode 150 is a bit of a milestone. We're also entering our fifth year of the podcast. So thank you so much for tuning in, whether this is your first show or your 150th. It's great to bring these episodes to you. All right, I'm out of here. My name is Matt Wakeling. I'll catch you next time on the Guitar Speak podcast. See you later.